Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com in the beautiful Northwoods, Wisconsin at Silbert Ranch. And it is a beautiful day. You know, I, I can't really complain about this winter. We have plenty of snow, which is good because yep. here at Silbert Ranch during the wintertime, we kind of depend on snow for a various variety of activities. Is that redundant and repetitive? It is, but that's okay that's because okay. we do. We do. You know, and it really hasn't been that cold. Yeah. But we mean, we, we've had it here or there, I mean, but I can't really complain. I remember it was, what, five years ago when yep. we had 60 consecutive days of sub-zero temperatures? Yep. That I was... think of that, and I count my blessings. <laughs> Absolutely. It can get cold up here. It oh, yeah. It can get cold. But this year's been, been rather mild, but, you know, I think we're in a uh, snow belt. Oh. Because we seem to always have snow. If That's you true. come and drive up here, if you're familiar with northern Wisconsin, if you get to 55 and 64, highways 65 and 54, and yeah. go north, about a little bit north there, it starts looking like it's winter. It's true. And then you get on Sawyer Lake Road, our, our road, and, it goes, and you go, winter. Yeah, and you're like, where did that all come from? Yeah, it's so that happens a lot. I think we get the southern part of the clippers that come through. The clippers. And the northern part of the southern storms. Isn't it a basketball team? It is, but it's really um, also a storm system that comes out of Canada. Oh, I never heard of a clipper system. Yes, it's, <laughs> it comes out of Alberta. It's called, it's either that or Saskatchewan, so they call it a Alberta clipper or Saskatchewan screamer. I like the Saskatchewan <laughs> scream. Yeah. Wow. So if you get All one of All of this pamphlet knowledge. I know. If you get Saskatchewan screamers or Alberta clippers, it's really a, a cold, very sharp-edged snow. And small, usually, in, uh, in, the, in the scope of the flake. Wow, you're very knowledgeable. The southern flows, you get these large, sloppy flakes that are full of moisture. Yeah. Big difference in the snow, actually. Interesting. I just learned something. Yeah. Well, one is a sports snow, and one is like blah. The Saskatchewan. The Saskatchewan Screamer. Can you say that five times fast? Saskatchewan Screamer, Saskatchewan Screamer, Saskatchewan Screamer, Saskatchewan Screamer, Saskatchewan Screamer. <laughs> That's impressive. Go. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> or the Alberta Clipper, which is not that fun to say. No. All right. Uh, speaking of winter, though, uh, the happiest people in the world, which you've mentioned before, are some of the people who live in the far northern regions of the world. That's right. Wasn't and they have Norway? less sunlight. Is it Norway? Yeah. And yeah. they have less sunlight. They have more winter. And the only reason that they um, actually like life is because they take advantage of all the opportunities that come to them at various times. Yeah. So the winter gives them an opportunity to build a fire, have hot chocolate, sit around, play games, stuff that they're not going to do in the summer. Absolutely. So when winter comes, they look forward to doing those things. Mm -hmm. When summer comes, they change gears and look forward to doing summer things. Mm -hmm. And so each season they look forward to. Right. And, uh, you know, I think my wife and I have done that through the years. We really like winter, but we like it where we can go out and do something. So we like the snow so we can ski on it and do things on it, and then it's okay. Yeah. Um, we and, yeah. My wife and I like winter to an extent. It's fun. But there comes a day when getting three boys ready to go outside for five minutes yep. gets old. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, though? That it takes 20 minutes for their five minutes of joy, and then they're back inside. Yeah, the thing is, that will change. Oh, yeah, that'll change. That'll it's just change. a phase. Yeah, it'll phase. Uh, and as they get older, it'll be more enjoyable. Yeah. You know, I mean, even our oldest is can get himself ready now. So yeah. It's, it's already... Yeah, one day you're going to you be know. wondering, where'd they go? Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, now everything has changed again. And, of course, my wife and I are empty nesters, so... You That's know, right. if we want to go out skiing, we just go out skiing, mm -hmm. and we're not concerned about 
all that. But there was a time, and we have a lot of pictures, where we had to get our kids ready to go oh, yeah. skiing, and we took them out and taught them to ski. And one of them today is an avid skier, and one of them could care less if she ever skis again. Hmm. Cross-country you know, ski or? Both. Both. And oh, in, in, in winter general. in general. I mean, yeah. the same thing. Um, but then again, you know, if you take advantage of anything, there's, there's these, as I've gone through life, I found there's these little secrets to enjoying life. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a, it's not like major stuff. It's like, okay, I'm living in winter. Mm -hmm. So I can look at everybody else in the world that's not in winter and be jealous and envious. And there's no good fruit to that. Right. Now, if I really don't want to be here in the winter, put a for sale sign on your house and move to somewhere warm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's my choice. It's not like I'm a prisoner. Yeah. I, I can move and, and I can do it, but I feel called to be here. So, okay, what's my next choice then? Well, what does this offer that spring and, uh, and summer and fall does not offer and start enjoying it? So uh, I'm a nut. I come home every day and, and I have at least two fires a day. In the morning, I build one. And I sit in a place and study, and I look outside, and I got this beautiful fire roaring, and, and I love those moments. And then yeah. I, when I go home at night, if I'm home that evening, I'll build another fire in the living room and just enjoy that in the fireplace and sit there and do things by the fireplace and play game, you know, read, do something. And it's like, you know what? This is nice because in the summer, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. In the summer, I have an outside fire pit. I might go build one out there and sit. What do you call that outside fire The man cave. The man cave. Yes, no ladies are allowed to. <laughs> they're allowed to be there, but they're not allowed to help me decorate. Interesting. Did it survive the storm? Uh, yes. Actually, everything around it went down, but everything went around the man cave. So it's a sacred place, you could say. You know what? It kind of is. It's like a, it's like a, kind of a burial ground of some sort or something. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. It, 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 we just took it to a whole new level. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't know how you mix those two, but. I, <laughs> It's sacred in some way, but oh, it, it is fun. I mean, so then you take advantage of your, your seasons, and I would encourage any families to not – when you find yourself complaining about anything, yeah. look for the reason why you're complaining. Are you comparing your life to somebody else's? Are you, you know, is it really that you can't make a change? Is it that you need to change your attitude and look for ways to you know, enhance? Uh, my mom used to be great at that. Mm -hmm. We were, I grew up pretty poor, actually. My, 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 the first year I taught school back in 19, it, it was 1978. My salary was a thousand bucks more than my dad's. Wow. And he had been a pastor for about 30 years wow. at one church. And so I started with a salary higher than his. Mm -hmm. So we never grew up with a lot of resource. We just didn't have it. Uh, but my mom would make this food that was very creative. Mm -hmm. And it, I never heard her complain about that. Mm -hmm. She would just look and say, you know, what can we do here? Right. And she would take, I had two growing boys that have stomachs that don't stop. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think, I, you know, elbow macaroni and tomatoes, uh, tomato, canned tomatoes would, went a long way. I mean, mm -hmm. you get a whole thing, she threw that in there and she'd put like one slice of bacon in there and cut it up. There you go. And, and we called it goulash and it would fill us, yeah. you know, and she thought, well, you like this, and she would find out ways. Eventually, she became, it's, it's interesting to see how God works just being faithful in life, and he brings your passion out of it. Yeah. So she eventually became a camp cook. Oh, yeah. 
and and she was a camp cook during the years where we had no money, and she had to be creative at doing things to feed a lot of people. To feed a lot of people, and she was she was actually one who didn't complain. She just figured out how to do it. And um, you, you do take criticism in that time period, obviously, because you're feeding a lot of people. Well, I think <laughs> not even in that time frame, Dave. Yeah, well, you still. I do. think if you cook for people, you yeah. always take criticism. Yeah, because you did it the way you think is right. That's and, right. Uh, however, I, I, you know, it's the little things like that. I mean, when you, if you can catch a, the secret that some people had of having a fulfilled and and fun life, and the, and there's just a few principles that they applied. You can change the whole direction of your family, your thought process, and everything else. So for her, it was, okay, we don't have a lot of money. What can I do creatively with the food that I have? Hmm. And make it so that the the people in my family actually like it and not spend a lot of money. And putting the energy there rather than, oh, I need to make more money so I can have a whole pound of bacon in here. You know, it was, no, I'm going to figure out how to make it so that it's great, but I don't have to spend a lot of money. Yeah. Um, now, if you know what, I think that Linda and I, uh, my wife and I, we to this point we still practice that. I mean, it's like we just don't we don't have to be extravagant in meals. We just go and do, mm-hmm. and do it's whatever. not that that it's not right to do it. It's just you know what I can get creative with eggs. Yep. And sometimes you win. Did you ever try? Isn't and get- that a tradition of your family's? Like on Christmas or something, with like a bag omelet or yes, something? Yes, a bag omelet. Yeah. yeah. See, you get creative. It's very simple. But you, you know what? It's, as you think about it, though, I mean, there's you try things. Have you ever tried like food things and they've just been a bomb? Yes. What, what, what's your favorite bomb? My favorite bomb. Um, oh, I don't know if I have a favorite bomb. Usually it just doesn't work. Oh. You know, sometimes you have a flopped cake. You, you don't have one thing that you look at and go, that was so horrendous. Nothing that bad. Yeah, I had a cake once, and we have a video of that, which, I, again, oh, one day we need to post that We can somewhere. share that. I've heard of This is the infamous cake. Yeah, you haven't seen the video? I have not. No, I'll have to show it to you someday. Well, if I show it to Jason, we'll see to it that it gets somewhere where you can enjoy the stupidity that I had while I made a cake. <laughs> the backstory on it was that we, we work at a youth club, and we all had to make cakes because we promised the kids cakes. Right. And I wanted everyone who never made a cake in there to make one so we could have a contest. Gotcha. I never made a cake, so I made one. I'm telling you something. I didn't realize. Did you use a box mix? Oh, yeah. But, however, I also used three cans of frosting because I realized that that's what holds it together. (laughs) 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 I'm talking to a guy who makes cakes. Oh, that's funny. It's like, by the end of it, it was just, my wife and I were roaring in laughter because I, I kept having to justify what I was doing. Yeah. And... I tell you, it was a mess at the end, but it was That's a lot hilarious. of fun. And I did bring it uh, to the club, and the kids enjoyed it. I didn't win any prizes, but it was really one of my major flops in life. No pun intended. No. You could and have made a flop cake. I could have. I should have just called it that. But I, I tried to spiritualize it. I called it a resurrection cake. <laughs> when did that spiritualize it? <laughs> yeah, I had to spiritualize it because I didn't want it to sound stupid. That's funny. Um but then, uh, I think it, that's just a cake. But I think the other flop that was, I, I had a friend over and served them um, uh, uh, barbecue, barbecue sauce. I put uh, fish and barbecue sauce together, and it, it just didn't do well. Mm. It didn't do well. That doesn't, yeah. Mm. Now, I, I, since then, they've had, like, fish tacos and stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, why didn't my barbecue work well? It, 
Maybe it was the fish that you chose. I don't know. Could be the fish you chose. I don't know, but if I ever talk to him, he still laughs at me because it's like, you serve anyone barbecue fish lately? That's funny. It's like, that was like the worst dish for him. Yeah. Um, not for me, but but I guess I guess you don't do that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, there are some things in life, though, the things that intrigue me. So I'm going to, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing it isn't the real big decisions in life that mattered. Mm-hmm. It's the really small decisions in life that mattered because okay. small decisions turn into big ones. Let me give you a, a verse in the Bible. Uh, Mark eight fourteen to 18 says, Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them, this is the disciples, in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. So they didn't have a clue it was Jesus was actually saying. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is using a term, leaven, and, and basically they're clueless. Yeah. Jesus is probably rolling his eyes by now because he's trying to show something. Yeah. All the way through the Bible, there is warnings about the little things in life, the little habits in life that start to get us and how that affects life down the road. Mm-hmm. Most of us don't adjust the little things because we think they're little. So we don't, we don't correct them. Yeah. And because of that, we're in trouble. For example, Proverbs 6.10 says this, 10.11, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber. It's like, wait a minute. What's wrong with a, a little sleep? We like sleep. A little slumber. A little folding of the hands. Yeah. Well, it's it's very interesting there. It's what again the principle is: you must realize the little things in life that affect the big things. Mm-hmm. So what what do you think? What are some things? And you may not have thought this through, so I'll keep asking you questions. But what? Or you think are some of the small things today that will affect your kids many years from now, and yet you think they're small today. So you're probably not even looking at them. I want you to look through a different window. Like yeah. look in the window of your house yeah. and say, here's a small thing that could affect them down the road, but I'm not thinking it through on that in that in those terms. Yeah. Do you have anything that pops to mind? Um I know one thing that we've thought about is even just the role of devices around our house. Okay, you're right. Um, And we don't know what that looks like. Okay. You know, I mean, right now studies are starting to show that it does have an impact. Yep. But I don't know how big of an impact. You know, does that make sense? And where where do you draw the line? line? Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's a big one. Okay. So what what is it about devices? What are they saying that's harmful? Um, it, It takes away their creativity their relationships their development a lot of things you know depending on what the research you're looking at okay you know and so as parents it's like how do we protect them from this so and, le- and where, do, where what's healthy what's not healthy so what what is it that promotes good relationships what 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 can you do that would be little things that promote good relationships so that the hunger for a child and that's what you're developing right the hunger is for the relationship, not the device. Right, absolutely. So, so what do you do now at their? How old? What are their ages? Uh, six, three, and two. Okay, so what would you do with a six, three, and two-year-old to say, "All right, what I want you to do is value relationships." Yeah. Real ones. Yeah. So I need to make real relationships something you want. Right. So how do you do that? You think? 
So we try to be intentional about is, is putting our screens down, you know, so whether it be our phones or whatnot and interacting with them on a regular basis more, whether it's wrestling around, rolling. I mean, I have three boys, so there's more wrestling than right. fingernail painting. Right. Per se, right? Um, and you make the you make those moments bigger than that, you know. That way, that that way, their highlight isn't a video that they're watching or seeing mom and dad on the phone all the time, or you know, whatever it is. Right? You know, I think every family situation is different, but I mean, my wife and I try to be intentional about that. Like when we're present, we want to be present, right? As opposed to split, you know, because if they see our attention split, then they're going to grow up with their attention split. Yeah. How often do your kids do any chores around the house? Um, it depends on their age. So, I mean, usually on a daily basis to some degree or another, whether it's putting their clothes in the dirty basket that they, that we just changed them with, or my oldest son, we have him do more, whether it's, you know, putting the dishes away or, um, picking up vacuuming. How do you make chores relational? Uh, well, at the start you have to do it with him, you know, cause you have to show him how to do it. You can't just, you know, one, one of the things that we're learning as parents is you have to realize that they're children. Right. And so you can't just tell them to do something. You know, it's not like you're talking to a teenager at this point and say, you know, go do this. You know, they might have a, some sort of comprehension of what you're talking about, but oftentimes you have to get down there and do it with them. Right. And that's one thing that, we, that, that you know, sometimes we realize and sometimes we don't realize when we ask them to do things. It's like, all right, go pick up your toys. And we tell it to our three and two-year-old. Well, sure, they will kind of do it. Right. But the best way they do it is if we're doing it alongside of them. Right. You know. I, I mean, you're right. I think I think what parents need to do is think relationally in every aspect. Right. So what you're doing is you're thinking, all right, I want them to love being with people, not just doing tasks. Yeah. Um, a child can do a task and be praised for it and then go back and do the task because of the praise, and they're hungry for the praise. So they could yeah. do that. Right. But in, in most people, most parents really don't want to do necessarily the task with the child because they tend to just take over. Because they can do the job faster, better, right? The way it's supposed to be done in the first place. Yeah. So they kind of ignore the mm-hmm. the fact that, so they don't like it. So they just go say, "Go do it," and then the child does a really bad job. And it's like I don't have an answer for that necessarily because if I do it, I take over. If I let them do it, it's done poorly. Right. So there is a skill to saying, "Okay, uh, your oldest son," so to to be able to say, "Let's go fold clothes together. Let, mm-hmm. Let's go do the laundry." Yeah. And then you'd say, well, mom, we don't need, I know we don't need two people or yeah, we don't need, I, I know we don't, but let's go do it. You and I, and, and you do it the first couple of times you just do it. And before you know it, you encourage them to help you do it. And then you stand there while they do it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's always a relationship. I'm just doing it with you. Yeah. Now, eventually you say, well, my oldest son can do it on his own now. Great. You taught him, but now have him do it with his younger brother. Yeah. And then have him do it with his younger brother one day. And what you've done is you've made laundry like a, there's twofold. You you got to get twofold, get it? Twofold. Yeah, no yeah. pun intended. No, yeah. no. Um, <laughs> I was wondering if you were yeah. going to say that. <laughs> However, you, you begin to say, okay, this is a relational thing. Um, I do laundry because I love my family. That's relational. Yeah. I do. And, and see, while you're doing it, you get to talk to them about the motivations. Not, not oh, you know, somebody has to do the laundry and mom gets stuck with it. Mm-hmm. No, that's not the attitude. Yeah, you know, the attitude is. We get to help each other, and this is how we get to do it. And you happen to be free, right? So let's go get the laundry done, or let's wipe down the counter. Or let's do. Why don't you help me? You know, go with me to do this. Um, I've seen you do that in the summer. I mean, your your son is with you. You're out of camp doing something. They're, yeah. they're with you. And and the truth is, you could probably be more effective if they weren't there, right? Yeah, you know, at the moment. 
But that's really not the long-term goal. Right. The long-term goal is to realize, I want to be by dad. He learns more by watching you and being a part of your life. And you're actually giving him reason to stay away from the electronics. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially in a day where they're so surrounded by it. And then it, he learns things. Right. You know, I mean, we all share stories about how we learn things from our parents. Yep. And that's the same way, you know. And so that that's one thing I, I constantly challenge myself in is because, like you said, the struggle is I could get it done faster by myself. Right. But you lose the not only the relational process, but the training process yeah. of being able to pass on you know, how you do it, the way you do it, the attitude you do behind it, the heart behind it, if you don't share that. Right. And you know what's really incredible is every child wants their mom or dad to be proud of them. Yeah. You get a chance now. Let's use laundry because we were using it. So you go down there and do laundry with your child several times. you just done it. Now they're folding right next to you. You know, when they take it out of the dryer, they're putting it in the dryer with you, whatever, however you do it. And... Now, all of a sudden, one day you go, you know, could you go down and, and uh, start a load of laundry for me? Yeah. What they're thinking is, I can make them proud. Yeah. They don't have to stand there with me. I can make them proud. And you're still, believe it or not, that's still relational. Oh, yeah. They're, they're still thinking, I'm doing this because I'm a family unit. I'm part of the family unit. I, I'm doing this because I love my mom or my dad, whoever asked me, and I can do it right. And when they get done, you know, if they say, well, aren't you going with me? It's like, no, you know how to do this, son. Yeah. That's a huge statement. It's a time where they go, I do know how to do this. You know, and my parents are letting me participate. Now, there comes a time where they don't want to do it because they think it's just sloppy. Yeah, I remember that. You know, I I couldn't wait to cut the grass with my dad. Yeah. You know, and so he'd, same thing that you're just talking, you know, he'd, he'd, I'd have to walk with him and then he'd walk with me. And then it finally came to the point, it's like, go out and cut the grass. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I got a little bit older and the, the, the novelty of it wore off. He's like, all right, go cut the grass. And it's like, nah. He's like, nope, you got to cut the grass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, though, you know what? You know what's interesting is if you use a relational basis for it and not the basis of just work, Yeah. you will have healthier relationships down the road. Why do we cut, a gra- why do we cut the grass? And, and some parents would say, because it's long. <laughs> well... <laughs> well Yes. Touche. But, <laughs> Sounds, but the, didn't we just talk about you cutting the grass yeah. <laughs> in a different but, episode? Yeah. But the, other, <laughs> but the other reason is you're part of this family unit. Right. Now, one's a relational reason. Mm-hmm. One's a it's long, you need to cut it reason. If you give your children this constant it's just long, you need to cut it reason, they grow up, I believe, thinking in terms of there are jobs to do, but they're not connected necessarily to relationships. Yeah. When everything in our life really should be connected to a relationship somehow. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you an example. So if I make, if uh, we've said this before in the program, you should love people and use things, but you shouldn't love things and use people. So mm-hmm. we've said that. And, and one of the ways you do that is if I go and I work and I make money, which is fine, that's what you're supposed to do. When I make money, why do I make it? I make it for relational purposes to mm-hmm. use for relational purposes. Yeah. And and really, so now all of a sudden you're training young people in relationships, and that's what Jesus said. We're about loving God. We're about loving each other, so that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Well, how do I do that cut in the grass? Right. What do you mean, how, how don't you? This is part of the family unit, and you're part of this responsibility, doing the laundry, doing dishes, doing 
This, this is part of showing love to people. And you can do it with other people. Now, one more, you might not. I mean, if you're young enough, you can sit on your dad's lap while he's, if, if you got a tractor. You know, yeah. you can walk oh, behind yeah. him if you got to push more or something. I understand that. Dishes, you can always share the burden. You can right. always have two people doing dishes. Uh, laundry, you can do that. And then you're strategic on how you basically have them do it on their own someday. Well, and there's always fold, f- clothes to fold. Always. <laughs> if you've ever done laundry, you yeah. know that. <laughs> well, I love watching my wife. She she once a week watches a, a little girl that's about two and a half years old. And, uh, you know, when cleanup time comes, she's right with her. Mm-hmm. Teaches her that responsibility, but does it with her at this point. Yeah. And and really will say, look it, we forgot one over there. We, you know, let's, and, and of course, this little girl wants to please her and, you know, using the relationships and teaching, here's how solid relationships really operate. Yeah. You interact with each other. You can get the job done, but it's not about the job. It's about the relationship. Right. And um, that, that's important because children are naturally um, going to just think about themselves and how the world should revolve around them. Mm-hmm. And this relational thing really is the relationships in life really aren't just about me. They're really about us. Right. And how you change that thinking as they grow older is important. Um, And by the way, it's a real hard thinking to change. Oh, absolutely, because it's not the easiest thing to do. Yeah, your kids are growing up at a time where we try and make sure every kid is happy all the time. Yeah. How does that train them in relationships? This has got to be about you all the time. Mm -hmm. That doesn't train anybody in relationships. No. So somehow we as parents have to be aware that you, if you really love your child and you want them to have a future where they have good relationships, you need to start when they're young thinking through the little things in life that teach them and train them in relational thinking. Hmm. And I would suggest that someone like yourself or anyone listening to us would sit with their spouse and just talk and say, okay, are we portraying to the kids that the job is important or that the relationship's important with the job? Yeah. And how do, we, how do we tweak it to make sure they always understand that it's a relationship thing? Um, you know, I grew up, my dad obviously started camp and he was always coming up here and I was coming with him and, and, and always had to work yeah. you know, next to him. Uh, but my dad always took the time to make sure that I understood what I was doing and why I was doing it. I mean, mm-hmm. we're doing this at camp because you know here's what we do at camp with kids and you're a part of that and okay so the reason i was cleaning something was because we were going to deal with children and that's relational thing now yeah it isn't because the thing was dirty right it was dirty by the way you know what i mean oh yeah yeah. so but you can go in there and go it's dirty go clean it yeah so now the dirt becomes what i'm after Mm -hmm. it's not the relationship and i'm i'm short-sighted yeah in what I'm doing, and I think we got to be careful that way. Right, and and the more you keep the bigger picture in mind, the more it helps you. You know, when you look at the short-sightedness, that's when you just get caught up in the moment. You lose sight of how it impacts in the long run, and that's the important thing. Um, but unfortunately, this conversation has to come to an end because we're out of time again, Dave. It's amazing how when we just get talking, we just keep talking and keep going. But if you missed part of this episode or you want to check out other podcasts that we've talked about, head over to Relate365.com. And you could download this podcast. We also have some other um, podcasts on there and some 
a bunch of other information that you could check out. But we thank you for joining us. This is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older, and we look forward to seeing you next time. And if you ever need to reach out to us, I encourage you to do, do so. Just uh, head over to Relate365.com and uh, send us a message, and we'll get back to you or address an issue that you want us to talk about. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.